Hello, readers. My name is Jason Jeffries, and this is Bookin', brought to you by Quail Ridge Books, Raleigh, North Carolina's trusted community bookstore. My guest today is Travis Haywisher. He is a journalist, a comedian, a nonprofit leader, and perhaps most famously, he is a gentleman who got a D minus in conduct in the first grade. His new book is the $2 Radio Guide to Naming Your Baby, Chad, Brandy with an I, and Other Names to Reconsider, which is published, of course, by our friends at $2 Radio. Travis, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it is an honor to have you here. And Travis, we are going to dive into many names in this interview. I'm a fan of names, especially of the less popular names. My name is Jason Michael Jeffries, Jason and Michael being the number one and number two most popular boys' names uh, the year I was born. Not a lot of creativity in the Jeffries household at the time, and that's why my child is named Van Magnus. Uh, so, Travis, <laughs> let's start at the beginning of your book. What is the problem with the name Keith? <laughs> oh, there's there's so many Keiths that I love, and it's, it's so funny. Like, I think I'm I'm like you. I'm I'm kind of obsessed with names it's like a, it's a funny premise i think there's something that you can really extract about somebody's identity based on their name or based on what what name they choose to go with rather than their birth name all those different things but i feel like i kind of divorced myself from any keith that i knew when i was writing that because it just struck me as uh i'm gonna curse here uh just struck me as fucking hilarious to mm. think of what what it was like to have a baby Keith. Right. Like maybe, probably in like the 70s and 80s, maybe not so much, but it's just like, I think of Keith and I just think of like all these different sort of totems of like an adult man. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Keith Keith isn't swaddled in a blanket. Like Keith's, Keith's working on a motorcycle. And so I think that in some ways became kind of, kind of like my guiding light in terms of like writing these jokes for this for this you know little silly anthology that that myself and two dollar radio have created it was just this notion of like somehow i think i could strike at a very relatable premise that like certain names you're like you can't picture them as like a little girl a little boy a little baby you know like they just they just they just are, you know, like they just are a person that you have in your life, which I think I sort of referred to in the intro too. I was just like, just because you had three Kyles in your wedding doesn't mean you need to have one in your family. Right. Yeah. And um, my grandfather's middle name was Keith, but I can't think of anyone younger that I know named Keith. So you are right, Travis. Um, it started. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. No, it's it started good. like, you know, in my stand-up act, Mm -hmm. You know, just kind of saying jokes like that. And it was just testing a silly premise. And almost no one would ever, like, people would mostly laugh, but it always just be like, shit, you're right. And it started to kind of snowball from there. I would basically say, like, you know, why did I grow up with 17 Eric's? Mm -hmm. But there, I've never heard anybody say I have to go hang out at my grandpa Eric's house. Mm -hmm. And, like, every Pam I know is, like, 44 to 49, never older, never younger. <laughs> Mm -hmm. you know, so it just it just kind of went from there uh and that's kind of was was how this this book came about it, it actually is the spawn of like a, essentially like a green room or like a parlor game that i started playing with my friends where we would just roast names back and forth just somebody says you know 
Mick and we just go <laughs> we just go and kind yeah. of roast roast the essence of that name nice uh and it works this book made me laugh out loud several times um before we dive further into names i have to ask you about the photography in this book travis some of these photos are of you but others are not um are these photos of random babies there are a few that are random but several of them are of friends and friends of friends in columbus ohio <laughs> like it's yeah, a, and I, I want to talk about the the ones that are random because this um raises the question of babies' rights right i mean i'm not talking about your book specifically here <laughs> but in general because i do think it is an interesting issue uh, what sorts of rules are in place that allow the parents of children to sign the rights of their baby's image away to some stock photography <laughs> yeah. can that baby grow up and sue its parents and um actually i have similar thoughts about social media like when little jimmy's mom posts on facebook yeah. or something guess what friends jimmy pooped in his pants again today like that's forever in the future any of Zim jimmy's friends or potential bullies can consult the internet archive and see that Jimmy had a problem with pooping in his pants. And this is a pretty large digression, but have you ever thought about this issue or do you have any thoughts towards it? I have not at all, but I am enjoying thinking about it now. Like, cause you're totally right. Like social media for moms and dads is just essentially putting their kid on blast, mm -hmm. you know, for like a couple of laughs. Uh, luckily, you know, the, in the making of my book, mostly, Mostly I feel like uh, several non-specific babies were harmed. Like these are not all <laughs> real children or real Keiths. Right. Uh, but most of them I most of them in here are, are people who are friends of mine. Some of the actual photos have been passed around uh, on their own Facebook for many, many years. And so this is like their first time being properly published. So in my circle of friends, it's it's been a pretty big been a pretty big deal to take some of these like quote unquote classics in our world and like put them out into the print world for everybody to see. So yeah, it's just a, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of crowdsourcing in general when you do it right, because I feel like maybe it's the same with you, you know, like running a bookstore, running a shop. Uh, you know, it's not just about being this individual curator that just says, Oh, I've decided this is good material. Let's put it out. Like, you want the voice of your customers, of your consumer base, of the people that hang out in your shop. Like you, you want to kind of keep that net open a little bit for people to kind of be a part of it. And I, you know, previous to this, I spent 18 years in journalism. I ran a magazine in Columbus called 614 Magazine. And I, that magazine ha is about the same age as the social media era. And so I utilized social media a lot during that time, you know, since it wasn't a newspaper, it was this monthly magazine. It was just like, tell us what you think. Tell us if you want to write a story, you know, like if we say this is the best burger in town, have three people tell us that it's not, and we'll have like a fun debate about it. So this book has become kind of an extension of that network and that sort of style of being like, you know, let's not have it just be faceless. Let's not have it just be illustrations. Let's have it also be these very real photos that you can't, you cannot recreate really. You cannot recreate these awkward photos from people's childhoods. And so I think it's really cool that, you know, I put out my first book. It's this silly little coffee table book about, you know, roasting not yet born infants. And it's pretty cool that other people get to feel like a little piece of it too. It's like a little you know, shrine to their own, you know, awkwardness of their teen years or, you know, elementary years. So it's pretty fun.
Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Travis. And um, let's now talk about another name. Let's talk about Alpha. Uh, you state regarding the name Alpha that you will accept this if the parents are named Laser or Blaze or something American Gladiators adjacent. And I bring this up because this is the first, but not the last American Gladiators reference in this book. Uh, can you talk <laughs> to us about American Gladiators, how it influenced you and how you believe American Gladiators may have influenced a generation of parents <coughs> that are now naming babies? I did. I don't think, I think you're the first person to let me know that I made two American Gladiators references. I may or may not have written this book in, uh, you know, a couple of really, really long joke sprints. So I might have had some slight overlap, but um, how much has it influenced me or how much you think it's influencing, you know, like people naming their children? Yeah, both of those things. You know, I think you're maybe you're on to something that like, there's something about, I mean, I grew up in the 90s. I was born in 79. There's something about so many names from when we were growing up that like the 90s are just so trendy. And so like, you know, you, you think back at most of the movies, most of the TV, most of the music, it just mostly doesn't hold up well at all. <laughs> I think like names are the same, you know, it's like, names are like saved by the bell you're like oh this was so cool when i was a kid and then you're like wait i think this is trash mm -hmm. <laughs> um, i think american gladiators is just such a funny it's just a funny example of 90s culture you know it's like machismo and like la gold's gym like steroids teased hair just a bunch of like lights and sounds and I watched the shit out of it probably because I also lived on a hog farm in Ohio and I didn't have cable. So that was, I was probably the demo audience, right? Like the prime demo, like a uh, 11 year old kid Saturday at noon <laughs> that doesn't really have any other programming options. But yeah, I, I just find it funny. You know, I just, it's probably somebody who like, you know, that's their job is to go clock in as laser Mm -hmm. and fire a tennis ball cannon at like you know a fitness instructor from missouri it's all it's all done with the seriousness and like you know analysis of like a, a regular sporting event mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just and you just look up at some point and it's like yep there's debbie from michigan just getting bear hugged on top of like a pommel horse by this giant steroided man named you know named uh nitro yeah yeah, Nitro is a good one, too. Well, great. Thank you. Um, thank you for that answer, Travis. The next name I want to ask you about is LeBron. Uh, naming your child uh, LeBron is a brave move or may seem like a brave move. When I grew up, Travis, where I grew up close to Charlotte, North Carolina, I knew two kids named Michael Jordan. Uh, and if your child was born in 1981 or after, or in North Carolina in like 1978 or 1979 and after, and your last name is Jordan, what could you possibly be thinking by naming your kid Michael? And Travis, what is the issue as you see it with naming a child Michael Jordan or LeBron, or I don't know who's next, maybe Giannis or Kawhi, what is the issue with this? They can't handle that. <laughs> like, they'll, I mean, they'll always be LeBron, but, you know, not that one. Mm -hmm. I, I think all the other names I put in that chapter were like, don't name your kid LeBron. Don't name them Dolly. Like, like, Dolly Parton's having a moment right now, which is awesome because she's rad as hell. Mm -hmm. But, like, don't name your kid Dolly after Dolly Parton, probably because 
that can't be Dolly Parton. Like that's that's a pretty high bar. And I think specifically, you know, I think I wrote Obama, Beyonce, Cher. You know, there's just certain things where it's like you might be tempted, but no, they're gonna like there's a potential they buckle under the weight of being, you know, Obama Jeffries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like Obama, not the president. LOL. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll be like Michael, not Jordan. I mean, I mean, look at uh, look at uh, you know, our buddy from Black Panther and Creed. Mm-hmm. He's Michael B. Jordan. Right. So you put a B in there to make sure everybody knows he's not Michael Jordan, who's probably a good 30 years older than him. And even he had to be in Black Panther and a Rocky remake and have a, have a six pack and be beautiful in order to be like, okay, we'll accept that there's two Michael Jordans. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a pretty tough hill to climb. Yeah. And the wire. He was also in the wire. Don't forget that. That's right. Yeah, Where's Wallace? Um, All right, good. Well, thank you so much, Travis. And listeners, we're going to take a short break for a word from our sponsor. And then I'll be right back with Travis Haywisher. The Bookin Podcast is sponsored by Libro FM Audiobooks. Libro FM lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore, Quail Ridge Books. You can pick from more than 100,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers around the country. With Libro.fm, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. But you'll be part of a much different story, one that supports community. Listeners of Bookin can get a three-month audiobook membership for the price of one. Go to Libro.fm, that's L-I-B-R-O dot F-M, and enter Bookin, B-O-O-K-I-N, in the promo code space. With each listen, take pride in knowing that you're supporting local bookstores. I'm back with Travis Haywisher, author of the $2 Radio Guide to Naming Your Baby. Travis, you state on page 15 of your book that the meek shall inherit the earth, but somehow that doesn't even include Bert. Uh, my question, Travis, is do you know anyone named Bert? And what is it about the name Bert that makes it a name to shy away from? And what other names would you group with Bert? I don't think I know a Bert. I think that might be one of the few ones that I was just like, I can take a shot here. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Plus, look, let's be honest. If you know a Bert and you take a shot like this, Bert's not going to do nothing. Yeah, right. <laughs> it'll, get a little, it'll get a little mad. Mm-hmm. Won't last long. Like, Bert's good people. <laughs> right. Like, he'll, you know, he'll, he'll maybe ignore your calls for a couple of days. He'll come back over the next weekend, watch the game, hang out, play with your kids. Like, Bert's all right. Mm-hmm. What other names would we put with Bert? Um, it's just a thing. It's like, I, I think I mostly believe in like punching up. Yeah. <laughs> a weird phrase, but like, yeah, I think if I met a Bert and then he said, why did you write that? That was hurtful. Mm-hmm. It might actually stick to my ribs a little bit. Like, whereas if, you know, if Clint said something about what I said about his name, I'd be like, fuck off, Clint. <laughs> right. Just, that's just the way it goes. Yeah, I can't think of a Bert. I mean, obviously Bert from Sesame Street. Um, Engelbert Humperdinck. Maybe that's what I meant. It's just like, hey, (laughs) we do want the meek to inherit the earth, but like maybe some people are too meek. Right. Like maybe, maybe Bert, like maybe that's not doing Bert a favor to give him the whole earth when he has trouble 
not being overwhelmed by like making the work schedule. You know, maybe you shouldn't get in like the whole planet and all the water and animals and people. Like mm. Bert's not looking to to run things. Right. He's just trying to have his little little corner patch, you know. Yeah, right on. Right on. Well, thank you, Travis. Um, next, let's talk about Casey. This one is funny to me specifically because of my good friend, Casey Lightman. Um, oftentimes, Casey Lightman will do something and we say, classic Lightman. And there's a picture in your book of a guy shrugging, which is a very Lightman-esque gesture. And under the picture, it says, classic Casey. Um, <laughs> can you talk to us about Casey? And then after you do so, can you tell us a little bit about the illustrations in this book? <laughs> that's amazing see i'm looking it up now yeah. classic casey mm -hmm. i mean it, it's weird too because i'm going to find out i mean you're in raleigh <clears throat> i think i just did an interview with somebody in la it's going to be really interesting to see what sort of these names how they land as far as like regionality a little bit yeah well casey lives in san francisco that's what i mean like yeah. is san francisco like 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 how did I find a way to maybe like hit at the core of Casey, even though all of my Casey's are probably like Midwest and other mm -hmm. people's Casey's are like, you know, deep South West coast. I don't know. I, I feel like Casey again is just so many in my life. Like, I don't even know if I have any Casey's close to me, but they're always around. Mm -hmm. It's such a, it's such a nineties, two thousands, like gender neutral name, like plenty of, plenty of, uh, for plenty of Casey's, that identify as a man or a woman. Um, I think Casey's very like childlike in my in my mind. So like I think the way you talked about your friend, it's like it's like Casey's always up to some hijinks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Ooh, actually, now that you mentioned it, I went to one of my favorite uh, diners a few years ago, and they just had a sticky note on the soda machine, and it just said broken ask Casey. Yeah. And I took it not as like, you know, ask Casey behind the counter if you need like a Dr. Pepper. I took it as like passive aggressive. Like, you want to know why we don't have soda? Fucking ask Casey then. He's the one, he's the one over here getting cute. Right on, yeah. Classic, Classic Casey. Casey. Cool. Thanks, Travis. Um, moving on down the alphabet, let's talk about Daytona. Uh, possibly my favorite description in this book, you write that we were all picturing Daytona getting a little too loose on that 311 concert cruise and coming home with a lot of big decisions to make. Uh, first of all, the 311 concert cruise, what happens on a 311 concert cruise and what types of big decisions does Daytona come home with? I think whether or not they're having this child, <laughs> that was what I was alluding to. It was like, oh, okay, things things got a little heavy there. Like, mm -hmm. you know how I get when I see the 11. Do they call, I, I want to imagine that if you're a big 311 fan, you call them like the 11, like they say, like the dead or Floyd. You know, when I see the 11, I go, I, I go to 11. I can't mm -hmm. be held accountable for what happens and who I encounter. So yeah, I just imagine like a person just being like, you know, thought they're just gonna party all weekend and now their life has changed because mm -hmm. of one concert. I also think that was a joke that I tried to like go for and it was just too weird and too specific, but there is a, <clears throat> I think I wrote a, ch I tried to write a chapter about basically like why you shouldn't name your children after places because we'll all just assume that's where you had sex. Mm -hmm. 
And I think I tried to say like, even though it would sound cool if your child's name was X. And I was using the name of a music venue in Ohio, which is called Blossom Amphitheater. Right. I saw that Blossom Amphitheater actually would be kind of an interesting name. And it was meant to be a joke to go with like a 311 show or something like that. So that's what we ended up with. But yeah, 311 would probably would put on like a Daytona booze cruise. Yeah, they, they would. Absolutely. I'm um, Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about Gary next, uh, specifically because Gary is here to do two things, drink beer and talk about his Desert Storm trading cards. And I haven't thought about Desert Storm trading cards since George H.W. Bush was president, but I can now picture a Desert Storm trading card in my mind's eye featuring uh, Norman Schwarzkopf, and for some reason, that's the only one I can picture. I'm not even sure it was a real card, yeah, but it must have been. Uh, can you talk to us about Desert Storm trading cards and why Gary is so enamored with them? I don't know. <laughs> I think that's just a weird pull, you know? Like, it's like, I don't know, you you go to, you, you're, you're dating a person, or you go on a date with somebody, and, like, you go to their house, and, like, it's just, it just struck me as one of those weird things, you know, like I had a, I had a distant relative that, you know, sometimes he was older than me and he would be like, Hey, you want to go see my such and such? And I think I remember him having desert storm trading cards and other like weird old, like war pistols. And I was like, all right, how long before I see a Nazi flag here? Like, this feels like we're heading down a wrong path, <laughs> like too much, too much military memorabilia for someone who, you know, not yet in it uh well i don't know it's like i think you're keying on a little bit of like what happened when i wrote this book which is just like it, it's like you're just sitting you know in a group and you're just, you're just like you're trying to find the right pole you know mm -hmm. it's like american gladiators it's desert storm trading cards it's like i think i wrote a joke in here about like uh this person's gonna grow up to hate cancel culture basically mm -hmm. unless you're trying to cancel one of their friends right yeah. So just trying to find that little random pole of something, you know, and I think that it is kind of about like thinking about like, you know, all of these children, you know, that in, in our world and all the people that we're friends with now, if we're in our 30s, 40s, 50s, they all were babies at some point and their parents would have no goddamn idea what they're going to grow up to be into. <laughs> What's going to be those things you know them for? They don't, they don't know when they're naming Casey that he's going to basically be like classic Lightman right i think part of it was just like this sort of funny attempt at just being like there's no way to really like shape a i mean even though my joke here is that like be careful because you can shape your child's personality the mm -hmm. reality i think is that like you you definitely can't right they're going to become this own unique version of nature and nurture kind of combined yeah, most definitely. Um, and you definitely hit the bullseye with that pull of the uh, the Desert Storm trading cards, at least with me, Cruise Missile. Um, are you a fan of Beck by chance? I do like Beck, yeah. Yeah, there's a song on his album, Midnight Vultures, where he yells, Norman Schwarzkopf, something tells me you want to go home. And that's been in my head ever since I read it. I love it. Gary, so. I thought you were going to say Deborah, which is also. Oh, that too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean I, and I didn't realize this until I finished the book, how much of my sort of interest in pop culture all kind of ends up scooting back to like names, identity, you know, like I, I honestly really, really love certain songs that are a person's name, but it's not like the uber popular ones. It's not, I mean, those are good songs too, but it's like, I don't, I don't think about like Lola as even, even being a song about a woman. That's just Lola by the Kinks. It's just a thing. It's a hook. But like, I, oh, I really loved uh, Deborah by Beck. 
uh, these sort of sardonic, witty, weird, like kind of like jokey songs, but were also like hot. You know what I mean? Like they were like, I love Tyrone by Erica Badu. Mm-hmm. I, that is one of my go-to karaoke jams. Nice. And it's really fun to just like sing as if you're a woman telling Tyrone to get the fuck out of your house. And like Deborah, like I think she works at JC Penney's, stepped to her with a fresh pack of gum. Like mm-hmm. it's all like silly but great at the same time. So it yeah, I guess that's one little bit of inspiration that like while writing these jokes is like, ooh, if I could say something that's funny and silly, but it also feels like, ooh, that's kinda that's kind of spot on and I I'm in the right in the right groove. Yeah, yeah. I've also also um, always been into names. I once drafted a fantasy baseball team just based on everyone's names. I don't remember who was on the team that he was like Coco Crisp and Rugnet yeah. and guys like that. Um, but yeah, good stuff. Thank you, Travis. And uh, I'm going to skip ahead to the end of the book. Spoiler alert here, folks, uh, and talk about Wyatt. Um, Spoiler alert, I'm an asshole. I'm just <laughs> yelling at babies that don't exist. Wyatt thinks 9-11 was an inside job, but also trust the Trump administration implicitly. Uh, Travis, there are a lot of Wyatts out there right now, right? And why is that? I don't know. Actually, like my uh, my best friend's son, his name is Wyatt, and he calls me Uncle Travis, and he's a fantastic kid. So again, I feel like I divorced myself from any Wyatts that I know. Mm-hmm. And look, some of these also, I think were, some of these I had the jokes in the chamber ready to go. And then it was just kind of trying to find the right name to sprinkle on top of it. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, clearly these are things that like, like that was a version of a joke that I, I think I had written, but then the internet also wrote it. And so mm-hmm. I just stopped telling it. But it, like, you know, like dudes that grew up listening to Rage Against the Machine and now they work for Chase. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like we know a lot of people like that, which is fine like go work for chase it's not there's nothing wrong with them per se i just mean like it's that sort of cognitive dissonance that i was trying to attack a little bit you're just like it's like no nah, when i was young i was punk i was crazy and now it's like nah, people are too woke right <laughs> you have these people that sort of cherry pick conspiracy theories where they're just like you know that, that donald trump is you know only doing poorly because he's being sabotaged by you know like the liberal elite uh, but you know you don't you don't believe that the you believe that the government could could literally destroy America through nine eleven. But then when it's like, what about healthcare? They're like, well, the government can't do anything right. Mm-hmm. So, so part of these jokes that I wrote were kind of as a liberal person who is a big believer in you know talking shit about your own family. My family being the liberal progressives of the world. You know, I was just like, and this was I mean now we're 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 listening to that or we're creating this you know post post-election, post-certification of election. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after, you know, in between election night and, and what took place the next couple of weeks, I kind of made a little bit of a post and mostly stayed quiet. And I was just like, look, like, Democrats are either losing this or winning this. Like, you don't, you don't think that Democrats are smart enough to pull off essentially like an election style, like Ocean's Eleven heist. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like you have to pick whether we're incompetent right. or whether we're like evil geniuses. So I think, I mean, I might've given you a much longer answer than you were expecting or whether I was expecting, but I think it's trying to strike at that sort of thing that like, you know, most of the time we can explain something. I think I said this quote the other day, like 
most things can be explained by incompetence more likely than like malfeasance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the same thing with like a white dude you're friends with who's just like, I don't know, I don't trust it, man. Like you ever seen like, you know, jet fuel can't melt steel beams and you're just like, hey, what about what about universal health care? He's like, oh, it would never work. It's too complicated. Like, right. oh, cool. Well, we're looking at two different YouTube videos then, I guess. Yeah. You know, I, for some reason, I don't have a hard time believing that folks who are anti-Democrat will believe in the possibility of an incompetent evil genius. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, well, how about this? It's a, <clears throat> it's a perfect straw man or woman. Right. Right? Yeah. <laughs> to, be, to be a progressive. I'm like, they can be straw women too. They can be straw non-binary. But it's the perfect straw person yes. to be like, oh, I can just take all the things that will not support my narrative and put them in one giant competing, like, you know, like mutually non-exclusive pile. So you can be like, ah, oh, I just hate these damn Trent Democrats because they're everything that I don't like. And like, they, they, we literally can't be everything you don't like. Not because mm-hmm. we're great, but because those things don't fit in the same personality profile. Yeah, absolutely. And um, thank you for the mental image that I will now be carrying with me for the rest of the day of a guy like wearing his Beats in his Hyundai on the way to work, listening to Killing in the Name, and then talking <laughs> exactly. in at Chase Manhattan to manage exactly. someone's portfolio. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's great. Well, Travis, thank you for writing this hilarious book. It's a fun book to give as a gift to anyone who may be expecting a baby, uh, to give to anyone who has named a baby before, or just to give yourself if you were looking for laughter and who is not looking for laughter in 2020. Yeah, you were a baby. You can buy it for yourself. Exactly. Somebody named you. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. It's funny. Um, Two Dollar Radio has released a couple of these great funny books this year. they're doing really great stuff. I'm glad that you found your way there. Listeners, I've been speaking with Travis Haywisher, author of $2 Radio Guide to Naming Your Baby. Travis, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Jason. I appreciate it. I'm glad you liked it. Once again, I would like to thank Travis Haywisher for joining me. Copies of the $2 Radio Guide to Naming Your Baby can be ordered from www.quailridgebooks.com with free shipping. I would also like to thank our sponsor, Libro.fm Audiobooks. Please navigate to Libro.fm and enter the promo code BOOKIN, that's B-O-O-K-I-N, in the promo code space to get one month of free audiobooks and support your favorite local independent bookstore in the process. My name is Jason Jefferies, and this has been Bookin'.